All right, hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan, director of marketing for uh, Sport Clips Haircuts, and uh, appreciate everybody being on here we, uh, listening. We have another edition of our Hall of Fame podcast, and we are in lovely Darlington, South Carolina, where until he was disqualified, we got to cheer Denny Hamlin on. He crossed the finish line first, as far as we're concerned. We were in victory lane. We got to celebrate a little technical difficulty, malfunction or whatever with his car after the fact, but uh, we've had an amazing time here at the uh, Darlington Raceway. And yesterday, prior to the race, I got to meet this wonderful family. Um, well, the, the mom and dad are wonderful. I don't know about the son and daughter who are off, off camera right now. Actually, they're, they're pretty cool too. Jasmine, who will not sing any songs from Aladdin and Bowen, uh, who wanted to show me his big, he's got a knife, I think. He's, uh, he was talking Bowen like the knife. Uh, Bowen or Bowie? Bowen. Bowen? Yeah, okay. So uh, he's, he's ready uh, um, to take on the world. But uh, they got some wonderful kids. But this amazing couple that I met, they're, uh, they, they began to tell me a little bit about their active duty military life and a story that unfolded that I thought, boy, we got to capture this, especially for uh, so many of our listeners are sport clip stylists, team members, and don't realize the impact that they have on a daily basis. They think they're just cutting hair sometimes, but it's really more than that. So uh, without further ado, I'd like you guys to introduce, uh, I'd say ladies first, but really I want you to go first and then we'll save the best for last, how about that? that so like if you could introduce yourself for me, who you are, uh, where you serve, all that kind of stuff, and then we'll kick it over to your lovely wife. Uh, my name is Lieutenant Colonel Christopher A.C. Wiley. I'm stationed at Shaw Air Force Base, but I'm in the Army. We've got yep. a, a small body there. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to be a helicopter pilot, used to do a whole bunch of other cool stuff, but, and I'm not used to telling my own story. I mm -hmm. prefer to actually tell other people's stories, uh, but for telling mine, it was my third trip to Iraq. Uh, I was in command. I was in the best shape of my life. I was, you know, loving life. Everything was fantastic. I just signed for a large amount of equipment mm -hmm. uh, as we were getting ready to take over, and walking back to my hooch one night, my ankle starts to hurt which was really weird because I didn't I didn't uh, twist anything I wasn't running anywhere that morning I didn't do anything it just seemed very very strange mm -hmm. um, the pain grew incredibly intense throughout the rest of my leg and uh, over the course of hours minutes immediately hours, okay uh, course of hours yeah uh, and slept and then went to see the medics the next morning and they gave me some yeah, some meds for it, and I went back. They thought you might have twisted it or sprained it and just I, I had so much adrenaline at the yeah. time you didn't know. Okay. No clue what it was. Uh, and went, I took, it was a, a Sunday the next day, so I took some time off and took a little bit of a nap, woke up, and my sleeping bag was absolutely drenched, and I had this horrendous headache. And I, my ankle was feeling fine, but my head was starting to throb. I mm. couldn't even, uh, couldn't even speak above a whisper without having a, just crippling headache um, went to see the medics again because it was Sunday and they tell me no you need to come back two Tylenol and call me in the morning kind of thing yep, there yeah. was one of those and I told him I was just in here yesterday yeah. I know where the doctor is get him mm -hmm. and he said tell you what we'll we'll check your vitals and if they're normal uh, you're gonna have to come back I'm like that's fine All right. you take and that risk turns out my uh, my blood pressure was bottomed out my heart rate was off the charts high and I was just completely flushed and temperature was fluctuating and there's like don't move 
Mm-hmm. So they admitted me into uh, in our 24-hour care ward on the other side of the base and put me on various uh, various meds and they figured ah it's probably just a uh, some kind of bacterial infection okay. you got here a mm-hmm. urinary tract infection mm-hmm. whatever um and through that my vision started going cross-eyed and my eyes were still fine but i couldn't read anything if you would have given me an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with normal 12 font it would have taken me an hour to read it because mm-hmm. i could not make sense of it um, I found that to be concerning, so they went and had me do some scans and a few other stuff, and then I came back later uh, for another, the next day for another follow-up, and they asked me, so, how do you feel? Uh, I feel a little bit better. Oh, good, because we need to medevac you out immediately. You have something growing on your brain. Oh my gosh! That's what I said. They were able, well, and they, they're able words. to. They're able to tell all this just from your they, blood work. They had, well, they, or did they, they have any they scans? Did, they or? did a scan because okay, uh, they had all this in the field. I mean, this is and you the, said Iraq. This right? was at uh, Camp Spiker, Iraq. Okay, they had some tremendous, uh, tremendous medical capabilities there because that's where a lot of folks, if they were you know, getting shot in combat or blown up, they would go there first to get worked on and then either sent out or returned to the field because they got fixed. So it was a, a high level care. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't high enough, apparently. They had something. They were able to find, like, a CAT scan to show, oh, there's something growing in your head. That was the only thing they were able to tell me. Because um, that's, that's all they knew, or they weren't able really to that's, disclose? That's all that's they all could they tell. Could oh, okay, okay. They needed to send me to someplace else. And I thought, well, that, that's, that's not cool. Um, can I go back to my hooch to get my wallet, to get mm-hmm. my stuff, to tell people I'm living? No, you need to leave immediately. Huh. Apparently, it was uh, not not that great. Let's pause right here, and now we'll bring on your wife, who, because at any point, well, first of all, hello, can you introduce yourself and uh, how long you've been married? You know, all that kind of stuff for me, real quick. My name's Samantha Wiley. We have been married eighteen, almost eighteen years. Okay. And all of those has military spouse. Wow. I, well, thank you. I, I'm going to thank him for his service. <laughs> I am the son of a military spouse, so my mom served faithfully for 22 years as well alongside my father, so thank you. I know, how many how many places have you been stationed? In 18 years, we've been nine locations. Okay, that sounds about right, every two years. Okay, so <laughs> yes, you, you are bearing a tremendous load and the brunt of a lot of what he um, gets deployed and you have to, like to put up with. I like to consider myself the one constant. In this yeah, family. exactly. Yeah. The, uh, How amazing. The, I'm blessed to stay home and be an mm-hmm. uh, at-home mom, but instead of just saying I'm just. Right, no way. I am the household financial, logistical, and supply coordinator. Oh, I like for the that. Wiley oh, we, that wouldn't even fit on a business card. <laughs> I make it. <laughs> in, in military tradition, commanders have what's called a guide on, a flag that yep. says where they are. Wherever yep. the guide on is headquarters. Wherever she is, is home. Yeah. We can be you know, in a hotel room right now. This yeah. RV yeah. is uh-huh. home because yes. she's here. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yep. And our children, they move around often, having to leave friends, mm-hmm. leave things they've gotten used to. And they've adjusted very, very well, but I like to think some of that's because they know I'm always going to keep things level for that's them. That's right. We keep the right perspective. They make it an adventure as we travel about. And, they, and I can tell they know not to get out of line too much, even though they're goofing off camera right now and they're exploring <laughs> the RV. Don't put it into park. I mean, into drive. <laughs> Leave it in park. Uh, so, no, I, uh, so great. Uh, again, 
uh, on the Air Force side of things, not the Army side of things. I've, I've been there, done that, which is why I love these people so much. So you are hearing uh, what when all this is going down in Iraq. Is anybody updating you? Um, Obviously, he's in a world of hurt. So. I had actually been getting some emails from the time he left. Now, our daughter was actually just born in September. Okay. He left. So this is 2008? Yes. All right. So September of 08, she was born. He left November. Oh. Uh, actually, he left goodness. October, so she was a month old. Wow. At two months old is when I got a call from a doctor in Germany, because after they got yep. him to Iraq, he had been sending me a few emails telling me, hey, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to medic, mm -hmm, get mm -hmm. checked out. On a Saturday morning, at like 8 in the morning, the phone rings, and it's a doctor in Germany telling me they're going to be medevacing him to Walter Reed. Mm -hmm. At the time, I had no idea. Where were we all where, stationed? Upstate New York. Okay. I had no idea mm -hmm. where Walter Reed uh -huh, was. Right. I had to Google it. Yep. Just and, what a mother with a newborn wants to be doing, you know. You got nothing else going on. Yeah. You have no emotions. You know, nothing physically happening around your and life knowing, at that time. Knowing he was going to be going from Germany to someplace I didn't know where it was. It's like, how am I going to get there? What am I going to do? Well, I knew I was going to Germany that's what I was saying. Last thing you knew, he was in Iraq. So now a doctor from Germany, I think you're like, is this the wrong, you must have the wrong number. Yeah, yeah this, this is, my husband's in yeah. Iraq right now. Well, and the only thing she could tell me is they found a mass in his brain. Mm. They How didn't, scary. They didn't know if it was cancerous. Yeah. They didn't know if it was non-cancerous. Mm -hmm. They didn't even know if it was just a tumor of unknown yeah. substance. They just know there was a mass yeah. there. So you get the call, and now what? You've got, uh, let's see, Bowen was... Three well, at the time? four at the four? time. Four, okay. You have Jazzy four. Jazzy was two months okay. old. Okay, and, and a newborn. And so what do you do? You pack them up? You hop in the car, um, get in a plane? Actually, God lined things up perfectly. I had contacted, I had two friends that were retired Army. Mm -hmm. They were 65 at the time, and it, um, we met them through church. It was Judy and Miss Harriet, mm -hmm. and I called them. Within five minutes, they were at my house. Grab both kids wow. and proceeded to take Get care out of, of here. them. For Angels over, in disguise. Over 30 yeah. days, oh. they kept the kids with the help of some of our other friends. Oh, two month old. Did the around the clock Sheesh. two hour feedings no just so way. two days later I could be in a vehicle headed down the Walter Reed to be at his side. Oh my gosh. And so do you leave Jazzy in New York? I left Jazzy oh my in gosh. New York, left Bowen in New York because we felt at the time. One, I had to focus on him. Yeah. We had friends that loved on them, gave them what they needed that I didn't have to stress, and it kept them in the comfort of the home. Yeah. And Bowen was still, he was young to understand, but not, couldn't quite understand, so at yeah. least in the care of family friends that he trusted, he was safe. Mm -hmm. He felt safe. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'd call him every night on the phone and talk to him. I have a picture of her she was crying the one night just screaming oh. and screaming and screaming mm -hmm. my sister put the phone up to her ear and just my voice within five minutes she's oh, passed yeah. out sleeping the harriet and judy they watched them for this month till her family from pennsylvania could drive up to get the yeah. kids and then took uh, took over the duties and primarily for the holiday they wanted to bring the oh, yes, family. It's thanksgiving time christmas yeah. era yeah we spent i was there from about the 22nd of november till the 
3rd of December with him. Mm -hmm. And after his one surgery, they left him out of the hospital so we could go and spend Christmas with the kids. Oh, okay. Um, what, what was the, what, you, you pronounce it. I'm not going to, by the way, we transcribe these podcasts. So somebody listens and types up. Tell me what it is that you, because this is going to be a challenge. Hi, transcribers. Uh, get ready to earn your money. What is it that they diagnosed you with? It was a culture-negative bacterial mitral valve endocarditis that evolved into a septic embolism on the occipital lobe of the brain. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry uh, for our transcribing company. I just charged me double for this one because that uh, in and of itself was amazing. So in English, that was a bacterial infection that was growing on one of the valves of the heart that it grew aggressively enough to spread through the bloodstream yeah. up into the brain. It got through the blood-brain barrier and started, uh, it attached itself to the lobe of the brain that controls the vision. Mm -hmm. So that's why, uh, because of the, it was affecting that, that's why my vision went cross-eyed. Okay. And then because of that as well, the pressure on the brain was causing So was the, the ankle pain else. related to that? Or you think it that was, was just... It was related in the sense that the mass in the brain was adding so much pressure, the brain was misfiring. Mm -hmm. Because not only, he forgets to mention, he had patches of the infection on his liver and kidneys mm. that at one point they had seriously talked dialysis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, but they didn't. You didn't Correct. have to go that route. No. So they, they do this surgery at Walter Reed. Um, they did two surgeries. Okay, they did two. They, they did brain surgery in November, mm -hmm. and then at the end of December, uh, 10 years ago, Ten years ago, this December, uh, they did uh, the open heart. So surgery. I was that full year later. Is that no, right? It was a month that, later. Oh, okay. That December, he was medevaced or October of got, of oh nine. Uh, uh, deployed October of oh nine. No, of oh eight. Two thousand eight. Uh, medevaced in November. November. Yes. I uh, got to Walter Reed on November twenty second, the anniversary of JFK's death. Mm -hmm. My mother's uh, birthday was the next day when I arrived. Mm -hmm. uh, surgery brain surgery the end of november okay and then of 08 of 08 yep. and heart surgery december 30th of 08 okay so you had 10 years so it's 11 it, this will be the 11th yes. anniversary of the of the uh the just, second surgery i just broke my cardinal rule i don't do math in public okay yeah no I, I was told there'd be no math on this podcast all right so you get the surgeries they they got everything out like what what happened so there's a uh, I I was on every kind of myosin you can think of. Uh, so many the broad, strongest antibiotics. Broadband mm -hmm. antibiotics. Um, that some of that also kind of screwed up the kidney and the liver for a bit. Um, but they replaced the heart valve. Uh, another chunk of that actually, once they killed the bacteria, floated off through my bloodstream and walked, went down and blocked some arteries in my leg. So a year later, I ended up having arterial bypass. Um, just so he could start working just out. Just so I again. could start working out again. But wow. um, I, I've never wanted to work out badly enough to go through surgeries. <laughs> well, so that being is active duty, yes, he that's has a, to stay incredible. fit. Yeah. So, and he'd get on a treadmill for two minutes, and that leg would just cramp up. Mm -hmm. So the during the process, uh, once they've gotten me stabilized, Walter Reed then transferred me to a warrior transition unit up in Maryland, mm -hmm. uh, and that's where they were began what we call the medical evaluation board process uh, to be able to figure out what what my career is going to look right. like from there. Because you had been a pilot up to the, a helicopter pilot up yep. to this point. Yep. And uh, I had actually changed career fields before I deployed, but that wasn't going to take effect until after we got back. Okay. 
Um, so during the med board, they were at first initially went, well, you have to get out of the army because you're not going to be able to fly anymore. Yeah. But because of the way that you know God lined things up, it just so happened that oh, don't you need to pivot. fly, so I can I could stay in. Right. Um, and uh, that ended up being part of part of that story, not not even knowing that that was the choice that I was making. Yeah. But I've always been big on I will tell the army when I'm done. I don't want them telling yes. me. Yes. Yeah. So that. How long was, are you in now? How many years? 18 years. It's been 18, because <clears throat> as long as you've been 19. married? 19. Oh, okay. Sorry, he has 19. 19, and a week as a, as a lieutenant colonel, right? As, a month as lieutenant colonel. A month, colonel. okay. All right. Been so, at the beginning of the month. All right. Um, are you getting used to people calling you Colonel Wiley, or how's this? Getting used to that, but uh, answering the phone is difficult. Okay. Still major? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, but at, uh, at Walter Reed, or at, uh, we moved up to Maryland to the Warrior Transition Unit, that's where I started to go through various experiences. I actually had a great chance to work at the FBI there. Wow. But in preparation for that, uh, and just because that brings us to really the subject matter of why we started the yeah. conversation, yeah, needed a haircut. Uh -huh. So now Samantha's turn. No, just he needed a haircut, but things. Well, how how was he doing at this um, time? Truthfully, going through everything was a struggle for him. Mm -hmm. Going from being as healthy as you are, he was in the best shape of his life. Yeah. He was out running. He was he was fit, healthy. And then in a matter of two months, having all of that taken away, yeah. doctors point blank told me if he would have waited one more month, he would have died on me. Mm -hmm. Or not one month, a one week. week. One week. That quickly, he would have died. The brain was shutting everything down. Wow. So to go from being in the best shape of your life. You had to get pulled back away from the brink of death. That's not a yep. quick and easy physical process. It was like process. having Superman lose his strength. Yeah. Um, I went from having a solid husband that I knew could have my back every minute of every hour to a man that was just very frail mm -hmm. and fragile because his world had been rocked. And we're talking physically or emotionally, physically, mentally? Emotionally. Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. I would walk, he wouldn't want to get out of bed in the hospital, but he hated the compression socks, he hated the blood thinners they had yeah. him on. I would argue with him, get your butt up. Mm -hmm. Why? I'm no good. Get up mm -hmm. and I'd drag him and we'd walk the lap we'd do laps just to keep him moving a lot of self-worth was kind of tied into yes. that physical fitness yeah when, when I left Captain America when I left yeah. everything yeah. behind so it was weird oddly symbolic my wallet was you know left behind in my stuff, right which included my ID yes. card and my ID tags yeah. every single thing that said who I was mm -hmm. you know Chris you know, Captain Christopher Allen Wiley company commander for renegade you know company was all left behind. Wow. And it's like a new identity for you. It was yeah. Well, he lost identity. Yeah. He became just a patient in Walter Reed. Poked, prodded, needles, yep. surgeries. Yep. You're, yeah. Yep. I had quite a few nurses after the first couple days of me being there starting to get afraid of me mm. simply because I knew what my husband could tolerate. I knew what he couldn't and he he doesn't need all this added stuff, added stress. Yeah. I became his advocate for near well over a month. And we've got now uh, this kind of battered and bruised, especially emotionally, man. Yep. His hair hadn't stopped growing. So you, you needed a place to go get a haircut. And this is kind of where our story started yesterday, where yeah. we picked up and you were telling me um, why I wanted to unpack a little bit of this. So you, uh, what did you Google? Like, how did you find, how did you find a, a sports um, clips? By the way, it's sport clips, but we always, people always call it sports yes. clips. So we always make fun of ourselves. Truthfully, I'm not quite sure how we found you. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we started out down at Walter Reed, and they would actually, they had a van that would get us off campus. Yeah, that's Bethesda, Maryland, yes. like right, right in the heart of D.C. Silver Springs yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And I think we stumbled in there the one day and then eventually ended up in Fort Meade with the Warrior Transition Unit. And we always try to find the one barber or stylist that does his hair well. Yeah. And we're very big on once he finds it, mm-hmm. we stay. Yep. But Loyal this, for life at the, after that point. As long, yes, well, for a year and a half or two years <laughs> yeah. until you get PCS somewhere else. And where you had said earlier about just people don't realize the impact that they have. Yeah. I wish I could tell you who the stylist was, which salon it was, mm-hmm. but it was one of them, either Silver Springs or Gambrills, Maryland. Yeah. Those are the two areas we had lived in. And it was just a simple thing. We had walked in. And when they found out that he was a wounded warrior, mm-hmm. they gave him the upgrade, the heated towel. Yeah, MVP is what we call it. Yes, yep. the uh-huh. MVP. They gave that to him for free. Mm-hmm. And to have him walk in there and have somebody do something so simple, they didn't realize how profound it was because mm-hmm. it made him feel human again. Mm-hmm. It brought him back out of the realm of being just a sick patient who couldn't do anything to actually being a man. Well, and think about it. For all these times he's in the hospital, all these days, weeks, whatever, um, he's not getting pampered. He, he's His life is getting saved, but no one is going kind of above and beyond to make sure yeah. he's comfortable. And, you know, it, it wasn't like he was getting mani-pedis in there. You know, he was no, he was just... going through the ringer. So now to have someone kind of dote on him and yeah. restore that human element. Exactly. And the stylist, he may have even seen two or three different ones. But the fact was, every time they saw him, mm-hmm. they got into conversation. Yeah. They'd have a big smile on their face, which just brightened his day. Mm-hmm. And then they'd ask him, truly, how are you today? Yeah. And they cared about what he was going through. Mm-hmm. And just that small minor touch, the simplest little thing from the bottom of a military spouse's wife, mm-hmm. it has stuck with me 11 years because it was just people don't think how significant that is but when you're struggling with your identity your self-worth your value to know that somebody values you enough to appreciate that is enough to make that significant impact on a life and change it well i i love the story so much and especially because you know obviously I'm i'm an air force brat um, but our founder, the guy with the cowboy hat that you yeah, hopefully, hopefully you've got to meet Gordon, uh, Air Force veteran, flew in v- Vietnam. I mean, he yeah. is so passionate about supporting our military. Uh, you've seen a bunch of VFW guys walking around. I mean, they, we co-sponsored this race with the VFW for that very purpose to raise funds for them. Uh, so certainly military causes, families are near and dear to our hearts. So to be able to kind of make that connection this weekend how did, how did you guys hear about coming to the race? Who invited y'all? Uh, so <laughs> Another well, military connection. Okay. So uh, when we got here last year, because uh, we PCS to South Carolina last From year. From where were you before? From uh, Fort Meade, Maryland. Mar- oh, really? Okay. So a, wow. We had already done a full circle yeah. around the United States. Really? Where can we send this guy again? Back, you know, give him some familiarity in his uh, life. But came here, and uh, my boss at the time, whose job I have now taken, because I got promoted, and he moved mm-hmm. to another job, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Rick Galliano. He's one of his neighbors used to fly with uh, Gordon. Wow. So get out of here. So Amazing. they were right behind each other and they talked How to each cool. other over the fence. So they uh, 
he said, you know, Rick was getting his tickets and, hey, you want to go to a race? I've never been to a race, but, you know, Squeaky next door, yeah. he's got these, yeah, he's got these. And we're like, sure, sounds like fun. And came and the entire experience yeah, was, it was so close to that first experience at Sports Clips of mm-hmm. just being welcomed, being, you know, smiles, yeah. you know, thank you for being here, thank you for, and really we're the ones thanking people for letting us <laughs> right. be here. No, no way. So it's, it's our a, job to thank you guys. Uh, it, it's, it's our a, ple- our pleasure, privilege, and even to pull a practical joke on, uh, is that the base commander's son? Who is that? Um, that's, uh, uh, Parker. That's that was the, that was the, the general. That was the Arsene Chief of Staff's son, yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. So uh, maybe we'll tell the story later. We got but Parker, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. So we, Were we, you there? I was. We pulled a quick one on Parker uh, <laughs> yesterday uh, for stealing the lug nut from the garage and during the tour here. <laughs> here in Arlington, but um, but seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, we, we wanted to uh, let you guys know how special you are, how much we appreciate your service, both of you, and uh, and we hope this is an annual tradition. I hope you guys are stationed in South Carolina for at least another 18 months. We'll see if they, uh, they let and you stick around a little bit longer. If not, but. everywhere is within driving distance yeah. if you have enough time, That's and it's right. on a long weekend. No, so. we, we, will, we want to keep this up, but... Uh, but both for Colonel Wiley, Samantha, Bowen, Jasmine, we appreciate your guys' service um, and carving out some time for us today. This is amazing. So thank it's you very a much. It's to share the time with you as well. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we'll have another edition for you next week. Thanks.